Part 3. TDCJ number 0617-3725. It's not that you were caught drinking and driving. No. It's not that you were caught I was just, I, I was caught out of state, you, though. You were caught out of state. Yes. Okay. Technicality. Technicality. But look, six years and eight months was when that happened. So I'm four months shy from being on papers. Lane goes in there and he says, other than what this file says, this is one of the guys, you know, yeah, I mean, he really was generally like, he was a solid dude. I, I always listen to that guy. <coughs> he goes, I recommend either we add another six months onto him or we give him more community service time. And until that time, until the community service is finished, his time to keep going, right? So then it just be on me. The more I work, the quicker I get off. DA's like, no, I think he's learned his lesson. I, I think he doesn't give a shit. I think that he should go to prison for seven years. And I'm like, hold up. And that's the whole point about the fur. You fuck up any time, even though it's four months off, they can still throw me back for the whole seven if they wanted to. So I'm like, hold the fuck up. I'm like, for real? So the judge is like, okay. He goes, let's reset this, blah, blah, blah. I'm, by this time, I got me a quarter point lawyer. So I talked to the PO, and PO's like, I mean, I don't even, and PO's like, hey, I tried. It's out of my hands at this point. So I'm like, fuck. Until the fucking uh, quarter point lawyer. I was like, there's no way of me not going to prison. She goes, yeah, it's pretty much out the window. I was like, fuck it. Tell him I'll sign for two years right now. <laughs> like, just straight up. Because that's usually the bargaining chip at that point. When you're on that side of the fucking court, that's the only way you can get a DA. Because the DA doesn't really give a shit. But if she's trying to set an example, she wants the conviction. Right? So just getting, just getting me to sign for two years, that's just them saying, okay, well, she got that conviction. She's got the good. But why two years? It's the, like, well, it's like the bare minimum for TDC. And so you went from being four months away doing your probation to you saying... I'll sign for two years right now. Right now, the bare minimum. Yes, just because the only way it helped me out was every time I'd ever been in county jail for probation, it was backup time. So I had about, originally... I had about nine months of backup time, right? So I was like, fuck, if I can get two years, then knock that off in fucking 24 months. Maybe I do another fuck six, seven, eight, parole gives me, because then you're in prison, you're actually getting parole, you're on probation, whatever. She comes back, she's like, and the new DA doesn't want to give you two years. But if you sign for two and a half, She'll do it. And I was like, yeah, I just wrote my name on that bitch. Fuck it. Whatever. All right. Boom. So that's the new thing. So now we're rolling. Your boy's about to go to prison. Well, hold on. So do you talk to your parents? Do you let them know, like, hey, this is probably going to happen? I'm I made that call one day. I, like, told my dad on the phone. I was like, I was like, uh, I was like I'm probably going to be going to prison regardless. Nothing's going to help out. I don't want y'all trying to help me out with buying me another lawyer. It's not going to happen. I was like, I made my bed. This is what it is. Mom and dad were like, fuck, okay. You know, I mean, what do you say at that point, right? You know what I mean? I said that. They probably had a lot they wanted to say, but they didn't say shit to me. Dad's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so then I'm just in fucking, I'm in jail, like, waiting. Because then you wait up to, like, you can wait up to 45 days for TZ to come get you. So then I'm like, I start hitting up all the old schools I'm locked up with. I'm like, what do I need to look forward to? And one cat's like, 
start doing push-ups, dog. Like, start getting your game up. So I had to start getting ready. Like, I'm about to have to go do some more time. You're in county. I'm county at this time, waiting, waiting to go to prison. And so, you know, I, I, you know, let me backtrack a bit. So <clears throat> you talked to your court-appointed attorney. He was like, you're going to prison. Yeah. And you just say, give me the bare minimum because it will clear my slate. Yeah. You call your parents letting them know. I got, yeah, yeah. They agreed the two and a half. We had to come back for another court date to sign. Mm -hmm. So I got back to the county jail that night. I called my parents. I was like, I'm going to fucking go. And they just take it. Yes. Also, the reason I asked for the two was at the time in county, I was a trustee. And I made my way to be an outside trustee where they were letting me go outside of the county jail to work with a work crew. So there's been times where if you're an outside trustee for a county jail, if that if that one guard cuts for you and puts in a request, PDC will let you stay there doing the trustee bid, but your time counts. So this is all like a gamble. Like I'm trying to make all this shit happen at once where maybe I don't even go to fucking prison. That don't happen. Uh, they end up telling me that they'd only take six months back time out of the nine, which that's just a fucking it's a losing fight, you know, for you to argue with the time. But it's like, all right, whatever. So you gave me six. So I got the two. But I can't even see parole until I do at least a third of my time. So you're in prison for eight months? Yeah. Before they even... Before I, the first time I seen parole officers, I was literally... The first time I met a parole officer, I've been in prison for ten months. God. And I saw them. And, and then straight up, like, I mean, they looked at my whole record. And other than those two felonies, I don't have... I mean, I mean, there's been times... Like, don't get me wrong, my record's fucking long. But it's, like, it's real but it's minor... Like but it's minor shit to them. Yeah. Like, like PIs, the disturbing the peace I've had, a couple of fights in public I've gotten into. Like, it's different if I was constantly had a record that showed I'm selling dope. Because, and here's the thing I learned. One dude told me in jail, he's like, I never tripped about going to prison. Because he's like, the way I see it is, he goes, it sucks I'm about to go do this time. But if I would have got caught every time I did something wrong, bro, I'd be in prison a long time. And that puts you in your mind. Just because I got caught that one time, I was actually at one point selling dope when I was on probation. Because I was on unemployment, and I was like, fuck it. Went and bought an ounce, and I was flipping them hoes at the bar. So, I mean, yeah, don't be wrong. The system, I mean, whatever. So, yeah, one night, get woke up in the middle of the night, call hitting the chain. They fucking strip you down butt-ass naked. They give you these fucking TC whites, sleeveless shirts. Get on fucking the old bluebird. That's what they call the bus. Because you don't know when it's happening. No. They don't tell you nothing. All they tell you is it can happen anytime between now and those 45 days. Because I don't want you to fucking try to, you know, uh, figure a way to get busted out. <laughs> you know, this ain't the movies. You know, we're not in all the cartel. Yeah. Yeah. But Man. even then, it's like you're, <coughs> you don't have a watch on you. You don't have a clock so it's just no, yeah. endless time. Yeah. So you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah, it's one night. I mean, straight up, it was one night at midnight. They roll around. Because you can tell when, when you're in kind of just along, even though you don't, I mean, you, even though you don't know what time it is per se, like on the on the money, you know when it's chain day. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, you can, you can, you can hear everything that's going. Because here's the thing. Those guards, they're just paid to watch you, right? I mean, they're not, like, don't get me wrong. In certain situations in high security prisons, those guys are putting their lives on the line. These old county jail deputies, those fools are babysitters. Babysitters with glocks. But they're babysitters. 
so if they don't have to get off their seat, the better, right? Like, that's the thing. That's why they don't like you fighting, because then they have to break it up. They get off their fat ass and break it up. They don't like hand out the mail, because they're like, I ain't a mailman. No, nah, bitch, you a fucking babysitter, though, dog. You watching all these kids. So then you start seeing it, though. Like, you hear things. Like, all right, get these guys ready. You, you see them, like, after they kill the lights out, you can see them bringing in all the chains. So you're like, chain day, boys. Like, so they're like, shit, Russ, this might be your day. And you're like, finally, dog. Try to get the fuck out of here, bro. Blah, 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 that. Midnight. Bowerman, chain. Hit the deck. Like, hit the door. Boom. I'm ready. I'm already packed up. Let's go, boss man. Put my shit in the fucking bag. Get stripped down. Have a fucking black girl look at my butthole. <laughs> Make sure I ain't fucking like bringing no drugs with me. Get on the old bluebird. And then we drove. It was midnight. Probably got on the road. It was about 1.30 or 2 in the morning. Did you ever find out how many days you were here <laughs> before they actually took you away to county? It was about a month. 30 days. From the day I signed that time. Wow. So I sat in like county just like for a month. Just like waiting. Wow. You sat in county for a month and then what's going through your head? Because now it's become like, I signed for it, I'm in county, now I'm actually about to be in actual jail for the next two and a half years of my life, worst case scenario. Yeah. What's what's in your mind? Oh, dude. Because there's a lot of talk about it at this point. No, there is. There is, up to this point, it doesn't become real until they put those chains on you. No, for sure. You're on that bus. No, yeah. Actually hit the deck. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it didn't really sink in at first, until we got to the first unit they took us to. Because I'm at a place. But what's it like? So until... So it's outside of Houston, though. But like, they take us to a unit. There's a... there's a From Houston, the closest processing unit is a unit called Garza West. Garza is outside of El Campo, I think. Off 59. Like kind of around Beeville area, shit like that, whatever. But there's Garza West, there's Garza East. Garza West is the process unit. And so it doesn't sink in, really, until we get there. We get there, and it's probably about 5, 6 in the morning, because we made a bunch of other runs to a couple other county jails, and we make our way down there. And it's that same shit. It's like, got a guy comes on the bus, like, everybody get off the fucking bus right now. Everybody gets off. Take your chains off. They go through, they do the roll call, everybody's accounted for. He's like, I'm Lieutenant so-and-so, this is prison type shit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. It's like Shawshank almost. Like you yeah, know. pretty much. You get off the bus and then they're fucking, you go through the thing. Head shave, take those clothes off, you go through, you just jump around tank to tank. Really, that's the thing. The first day, you just get moved around to a bunch of like holding cells because they're doing all your medical, they're doing all of your fucking, they also got to assess what kind of risk you are. That's the thing. How do they do that in the first day? So, well, here's the thing is, so they got, in every unit they have, they call uh, gang task force officers. And those guys are ones that, well, really, they're made to spot out the repeaters. Because here's the thing is, their priority risk situation is a lot more detailed than any county is because it's such a, because now you're like, it's the state of Texas, the penal system. So... These guys know that, let's say, for hypothetical, the Houston prison gang is currently not fucking, is currently uh, on an SOS status. SOS status means smash on site. So if you're in a, if you're in a prison gang, and they're like, you see one of these cats, it's SOS. It means if somebody sees you, don't beat them up, you're going to get beat up. 
So then they're like, okay, well, you can't put these two people together, right? So then you're taking on, I mean, so they're just taking pictures of your tattoos. What's this tattoo mean? What's that tattoo mean? They come back and they fucking evaluate you. They get a gang task force officer in there that tries to, like, get you to admit. So then I'm like, bro, I've never been to prison, so none of my tattoos mean anything. When you get in there, though, it might be different, you know, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> and then finally, you just get moved into this cell. And I was in this one cell. It was like, uh, oh, it's so horrible, too. TDC, because that's why all my homeboys that have been to prison were like, you don't want to go to TDC during the summertime. Because the original TDC units, none of them were AC. And it's metal brick buildings. It's got one fucking big ass fan they put in there just so, like, technically you're not, like, taking anybody's rights away from them. You know what I mean? Like, inhumane treatment or something like that. But yeah. Uh, at first, like, I mean, at first, because it was in there. One of the dudes told me, this is not, this unit is very similar to where you just came from. And the effect that the only people that are here are about to go somewhere else. So it's not really a prison unit in most prisoners' minds. So I sat, I was at that place for about six weeks. In your cell or in your unit? But it was, it was in my cell, but my cell was a cell of 48 guys. And the weirdest part was, was, uh, what happened? Two times, I had to fucking yell at this guy. He tried to lie. But it was the weirdest thing was, there was this one homosexual dude who would sit at this one table while he's watching TV, but his peripheral was the shower. Because there's no shower curtain. Because the guards got to see you with like without no foot. There can't be nothing blocking the view. Yeah. So essentially the way showers are, they're lined up right at the fucking view desk of the guards. So this guy's sitting right in the middle. It's like, hey, dog, don't be looking at me while I'm showering, bro. Same thing. We're back to the same thing. Personal space. You got to respect uh-huh. somebody's shit. Yeah. So second time. And how far is it? So, so you get in your cell, reality hits. I'm in prison for the next 30 months of my life. Well. And you're making your way. I mean, are you trying to make it by, or are you trying to like thrive? I guess. Well, at this time, at this time, because that's, that's what the, when that guy told me, he's like, "This is just like you being in Canada right now. They're not going to move you too much unless you have to be. But you're, this is not where you're going to do most of your time." So I was just kind of like acting like it was county. Okay. I sat in my. I mean, I, I kicked it myself pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, played cards. Played dominoes. So you assimilate slowly but surely. No, yeah, for sure. I had fucking, I had a subscription to Texas Monthly, so I was reading there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that one, I get moved to Raymondville, which is right by the border. Why do you get moved? Because the first year you're in prison, that's all they do. They just move, they just hop you around, unit to unit. Just, okay. just whatever. Like I don't know what their theory is behind that. It's what they do. Six weeks, Russ, you're getting transferred. Get sent out in Raymondville. Raymondville used to be a TDC unit. What uh, is prison time, if you can elaborate on that? What is that like? So, yeah, you just said, you know, I play dominoes, you know, I hug out, play cards. Nah, play my day-to-day time. was like, wake up, five or six in the morning, they're doing chow. Get up, you fucking walk about, I don't know, football field distance to a cafeteria. That was the weirdest thing. That's actually, I'll take that back. I think one of the first times I realized I was in prison was the first time I ate in their cafeteria because it's like fucking cattle dude you're, they're just moving cattle and you get your shit and you get your food 
they're lining you up on these tables in a row. So you're just hitting the table, you and four other guys. Table's got a pitcher of water, pitcher of Kool-Aid with fake sugar. <laughs> fake the, sugar? There's a sign on the wall that says, the state of California says this fake sugar will give you cancer. So then I'm like, ain't drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, but, like, the moment you sit down at your table, the table right in front of you, they've only been sitting down seven, eight minutes tops. The guards yelling at them, get the fuck up, because the next row of guys is about to sit there. Mm-hmm. So that's like, same thing with the guards. Make their job easier because the quicker they can move you through all the shit. It's almost like the military. Like, yeah, yes. My, my brother is in the military right now. He's like, you have five minutes to eat. Yes. Get up <laughs> <laughs> well, my biggest thing when I got out was when I, when I was dating Katie was if we went and ate like somewhere at a nice place, I'm still eating like I'm in prison, dog. Yeah. It's a hard thing. It's a hard mentality to break out of. It was hard for uh, my brother mm-hmm. to break out of. Because you're just so used to it for so long. You're like, this is the only way it becomes, I can yeah. do things. Yeah, it becomes like a fucking it becomes routine. But yeah, so so you you wake up and you eat food, crack a dawn early, and then what? Like, what's I mean, what's a usual day like? Well, at that one unit, it was the thing was like you didn't have a lot of freedom to move around. Like my usual day is easy, easy more explained when I got to the unit where I did most of my time. Okay. So, but from Garza, I went to Raymondville, and here's the difference: Raymondville used to be a fucking a TDC unit. It's not anymore. It's private prison. Privately owned company. What's the difference between stage? Oh, night and day. <laughs> night and fucking day. Yeah. There's a documentary Tommy Chong talks about. When he did his federal time, he was in a private prison. We were in the same, like, we were, like, we were, I didn't do time with Tommy Chong, but the place he was at is owned by the same place that I was at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Corrections Corporation of America, CCA. And it's the same thing. Because here's the thing. And I tell people this all the time. Those small towns in Texas that have those prison units, that prison unit is really a hub of employment. And and a lot of people don't realize this. If you work for TDC, like day one, you're starting to pay $17.65 an hour. That's a government job with government benefits, like the whole shebang. So if you're in buttfuck Egypt, Texas, that's a solid gig. What's private prison do? They tell the state of Texas, it costs you X amount of dollars to run this prison for a month. Let's say $500. Let's just throw in a theoretical number out there. We'll do it for $250. How they do it, though, is because they're a corporation, that same person that's paying $1765 over here with TC, they're starting off minimum wage, $850, $875 to be a prison guard. Who's taking that bullshit job, though? But it's, it's always these little towns in the middle of nowhere. So there's like there's I mean you can either go find another job or you can't but like a lot of people go work because there's nothing else there. Sure. Raymondville is five minutes from the border. There ain't fucking nothing around Raymondville. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is, <laughs> every once in a while when I went to the day yard, we were right next to a federal facility, but it wasn't a prison. It was a facility for people they caught running across the border. Mm. Also owned by the same people. Go figure. They had a pretty good. But so what's the difference between, okay, so... So anyways, yeah, so private prisons, here's how it goes. So remember I told you TEC, my homeboy said, don't do time in the summertime. There's no EC, right? Mm-hmm. When I was in Garza West, we pissed, one of the guys pissed off a gardener. She killed that fan of ours for four hours. <laughs> it became 120 degrees inside that building in the middle of the fucking day. And then she turned it back on because essentially, like, somebody told her, like, 
if you have it off any longer, <laughs> like you you're breaking like, the law, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like this is straight up like, yeah, yeah, for real. Because like, and I mean, so then the only thing you can do when that happened was I was taking bird baths every 30 minutes, like literally just throwing cold water on my body, like keep, but like, everybody's sweating. Go to private prison, AC. Bro, they got fucking stars channel on the TV. <laughs> because here's how, because the way the private place is, they think of it like running a business. They're not in the correction thing. They're just like, okay, look, we're getting paid money to take care of these guys. Why do these guys fight? Because there's no fucking, like, there's nothing to do. So, give them, through the fact that motherfuckers, like, we're going down. Damn, they got satellite TV, dog. <laughs> like, homeboy's already like, I don't, I don't care no more. Like, I don't want to fight nobody. You know what I mean? It's like that mentality. They try to make it as bearable as possible so they don't have to be guards. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, just make the cattle happy and fucking yeah. we'll get the chick. Just keep everyone complacent so that there's no issues as opposed to... Yes. But private prisons are fucking corrupt, dude. Because I was in Raymondville. Here's what happened. I'm in Raymondville. I get put in this cell. And it was like a cell of like 28 guys. So each cell held 28 guys. There's six cells in one thing. On the other side of the cell from us is another cell of 28 dudes. And most of them are white boys. Uh, there's two white guys in my cell. An old man and then this one dude. He's probably about my age. He's a fucking punk-ass dude. But he was Aryan Brotherhood. I've probably been there about two, three weeks. So they tell you, uh, there's a table. Russ, your seat is number 28. So anytime they pull you out and they tell you to hit the seat, you hit your seat. It's like, you know, it's a sign. One day I'm like, I don't know. I want to watch some TV. I get out of the fucking, I get out of the, uh, out of my bunk. I go find my seat. And I sit down. And I'm like kind of watching TV, looking at the table, whatever. I start noticing there's a fucking local prison gang out of the San Antonio area. I always fuck the name up. Essentially, in Spanish, though, the word is... It's the word for big ear. Orihon or something like that? The Orihones? I don't know. San Antonio-based thing. Their shit is tagged all over this table. The dude who's my cellie is a speaker for that gang in that cell. He's like, hey, this is your first time. So I'm going to tell you. You can't sit at this fucking seat. I was like, excuse me? He goes, this is our table. The only time you can sit here is when they feed us food because you got to be sitting here. And I was like, okay. So I said, well, let me tell you something, dude. I was like, you got me fucked up because this is the first time. I felt like if I listened to what this dude said, this is the time where I felt like, oh, this is the time where they try to punk you out. I'm like, you got me fucked up, bro. See, the state of Texas... They told me this is my seat. So I don't give a fuck how many times y'all tag y'all's names on this table. This is my seat. I'll sit here whenever the fuck I want to. If you got a problem with that, it's called catching a shower. Because a shower, and that one, was the only, there was a corner of the shower where the guard couldn't see you. So that's where he box at. Let's catch that shower right now. He goes, you like that? I'm like, and then the homeboy's like, some dude's like, that's the speaker of this game. I'm like, then send one of your cronies, dog. But you ain't fucking punking me out of this hoe-ass seat. This is the only fucking thing I got for two and a half years. This hoe-ass seat. You ain't taking that shit from me. So, whatever. Still my ground. Shortly after that, 
Oh, fucking Aryan Brotherhood racist motherfucker. He comes. He wants to chop it up with me. Like your style, brother. This and that. You stand up for yourself. i like, you need to fucking kick rocks for me, dog. Don't come at me because I got a shaved head and I'm white. You think I'm racist too? Look, dude. I've been here three weeks. You know what I saw? I've seen your bitch ass stay in that cell on your bed like a fucking bitch. So why I want to join some gang of yours where you don't even have the balls to do what I just did? The only time you're going to act hard is when you, they let you out of the cell and you hit the yard with all your little Nazi homeboys. Bro, my daddy taught me how to be hard. I don't need to be in a prison gang to stand up. I got fucking nuts, dog. The word man's in my last name. Fuck out of here. Also, whoever goes <laughs> to prison to join a fucking... Like, don't get me wrong. I'll say this also about prison real quick. That system is a segregated system. That segregated system works really well for them because the prisoners run that bitch. The reason I say that is this. When I'm in Rainville, before I get shipped out, two female guards get knocked up. They tell the warden that it was happening by inmates. So they fire the old fucking warden, bring a new one in. She puts the whole unit on lockdown for 45 days. Which means you can't go nowhere. That's tense. Yeah. When you're like stuck in one room with 28 guys, like shit's running hot. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Is that in TDC or you said that was well, yeah that was the private one. Okay. Oh, so it's the Raymond though. Yeah. So. So, so you have all these amenities, and all of a sudden you get told no. Nope. Yeah. That's so rough. yeah, and so then from there, <clears throat> I bounce to a couple of little places. Wait, why do you leave Raymondville again? Is it just the system the way it is? So how long are you in Raymondville? Do you ever track back like how long you were there? I was in Raymondville almost like six weeks, two months. Somewhere oh, around wow. there. Like yeah, I was there for a little bit, but not long. That's a short term though. No, yeah. But I mean that's just what it is. Like there's like, all right, you're going to the next place. So from Raymondville, I hit like three or four little units. Like I hit uh, I stayed in one of the oldest units in the state of Texas. It's called Darrington. It's right outside of Houston. Pimp C was out of. You know what I mean? Uh, shit. Uh, my homeboy, he went to state jail. He was at Pam Lynter. My homeboy was passing fucking toilet paper to Zero in PC. My homeboy was a trustee. Met Zero. He's like, bro, whatever. That's another story, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I hit a couple of places, staying a day or two here and there. And I, they took me from... Wait, 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 it could have been a day or two. Well, no, no, but that's the thing. Like, so... I essentially got drove from Raymondville to West Texas. And then that trip, every once, like, every so often, they would stop at a unit, and we'd stay somewhere for, like, two days, and they'd put me back on a bus and keep driving. That's such a weird thing. That's how they do it. I mean, I get it from, like... Because literally there's guards and... Yeah, but there's guards in TDC that are just, like, that's all they do is just transport prisoners. So they drive, like, I guess... I mean, I don't know how... Like, I don't know how their whole system is, but that would happen. Like, we drove from Raymondville... To Houston, to Darrington. I stayed in Darrington for actually, Darrington I was there the longest. I was there for a week in an old school two man fucking cell, me and another guy. Then from Darrington, we drove west. We stopped somewhere outside of Austin. I can't remember where the fuck that place was called. It was a small ass, like, little bitty fucking prison, like, literally less than 200 guys. Didn't understand the purpose of that, but whatever. And then I got to fucking. 
West Texas. Do you Texas. enjoy the comfort of being in a small prison? <laughs> a lot less ego. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, like, that place was, like, all these old guys that, like, live close by. Fucking the guards were, like, let them have better food than usual because it was a smaller group of people. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but if you're doing more than a year there, like, I would already pissed off half these people, and then it would have been a shitty time. So, anyways, and I get up there to fucking uh, West Texas. Mineral Wells, actually, is where it is. Another private prison, CCA also. Um, they had bought an old Air Force base. So the unit was an Air Force base. So I'm sitting in this jail. I'm sitting on the transport line with my, with my homeboy who just fucking signed. Uh, he was about to do 35 years. Aggravated felony. Um, aggravated assault? No, well, it was aggravated because he hurt a bunch of people, but uh, he was... <laughs> yeah. Well, it becomes aggravated when you hurt people or you use a gun. Like, essentially, he was robbing motherfuckers, but he robbed a bank, shot some people up, signed for 35 piece. And, and like, literally, he Wait, was just... Consecutively ju- or... Like, he's just doing a solid 35, dude. Oh, and, what, and, and what really aggravated means is you have to do at least 60% of your time, 80% of your time before you're even eligible for parole. So you got to do 80% of your 35 years before you can even see parole board. So 28 years. Yes. And this guy is literally two years older than me, and he's in the same situation. Never been in trouble. Like, never been caught. Mm -hmm. But then he, like, his dad's like, dude, like, they came from a poor family where his dad's like, even though you've never been in trouble, like, we only have the money to get you a decent lawyer. So, like, do what you do, dog. So homeboy's like, yeah, man, I'm, he's like, when I found that out, I've been working out, I'm about to get all fucking tatted up, I'm about to do this time. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Then this other dude, big, tall, goofy-ass white guy's like, bro, they're taking us to Mineral Wells. He goes, that hoe is rock and roll. The term rock and roll means that unit's popping, dog. Like, it's a live-ass unit. So I'm like. So, like, there's fights all the time. So then now so I'm like, finally like, so now like, I'm just kind of like, casual standing my ground. Yeah, now it's like, oh, this is happening. So I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, all right, cool. So, get there. I remember them and walking. And now, what's in. that like walking in? Because all these other prisons before, you've set up to where, like, you know, it's a bitch, but, you know, it's, you know, I can manage my own ground. I can pay my own time. I can do my own thing. Now you're, like, it's like going from. Oh, this was a, it's, that it's, unit right there was a full-blown segregated system. Blacks, whites, Mexicans. No mixture. It's like you go from elementary school where, like, it's kind of like football yeah. to, like, senior year of high school yes like you have to like yes. figure this shit out this shit is real quick happen. too you have to think on your feet and that's and really being a, and i did most of my time was at mineral wells okay. um <clears throat> i think out of the uh i think out of the 22 months i was in prison i did like 18 at mineral oh um, hold on you said you did a year at your first well, so look, so the six months they were gonna count for me, but that um, that six months really never came to play because I caught parole. Like, because at one point, remember Wells, I got so into my lifestyle of being locked up that I was gonna do my whole time. I didn't want to get out and do parole. I was like, oh, I want to get on parole. I did seven years probation. I fucked that up. Parole's a lot easier, but it's still. But so, so you do about a year in the first prison, then you do. But see, the boot camp the year didn't that year didn't count. Yeah, none of that kind of, no, I'm no, talking about, okay. like, like, you go into TDC. Yes. You do, how long are you in TDC? So that's what I'm saying. So, I go to TDC, I did six weeks at Garza West, uh-huh. did another, like, six weeks, maybe two months at Raymondville. Okay. 
And then I jump around for about a month to a couple of those other places, and I end up in Mineral Wells. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And then, so yeah. Yeah, so you have 30 months. You've done maybe about six only before you get to yeah. Mineral Wells? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so then, and then so that's now it. Mineral Wells is like, this So is this time. is the rest of my time. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> so, this one dude's like... Look, man, here's how it's going to happen. So you get to Minerals. Do you get the story before you get to Minerals? Or is I'm on like... the way from that tall, lanky guy. Because okay. he was there in the early 2000s. And when it and it, it calmed down a little bit, but what he explained to me was, he's like, when I was here in 2000s, it was rock and roll like a motherfucker. It was one of the most popping-ass units on the whole state. And it's not like he checked in. He was like, hey, how yeah. you doing? How's your mother? You need me to sit yeah. It's like the last time I was there, it was still popping, and I'm... Oh, he's like we did. Bo- he goes, we had boxing fight nights every Friday night, like where they would like make handmade gloves. Uh, and this guy was an older dude. Uh, it's really weird. And the whole uh, speck of like prison gangs, because this gang's really not around much anymore. He was actually a white knight. Uh, a white knight. It's also a racist gang. Don't be wrong. <laughs> well, no, because no, essentially, and that's yeah, sure. uh, no, the history of it is because like I was like kind of curious, like. Because the dude, like, has this tattoo. Oh, my God, dude. Like, when people, like, when I, like, when, when you hear people say, like, I regret getting this tattoo, I think of this guy. Because the tattoo itself, the craftsmanship, was solid. The detail was great. Sure. It was a Klansman riding a fucking horse, dude. <laughs> like, the Zorro horse. Like, we're in a fucking, yeah, like, all fucking heroic, all heroic, like... Yeah, so white knights were a prison gang in Texas in the 60s and 70s for clans members that went to prison. So that's how the whole white knight thing started. This guy, first time he got in trouble was like early 80s. You know, and then a bunch of other times later on. But he's like, yeah, when I first went down, he was my first time I went down was for seven years. So he jumped in with these white knights. Long story short. Yeah. but okay. So he's the guy telling me, he's like, when you get there. So he's going in with you. Yeah, like we're going to the same unit. And he finds out that I've never been to prison before other than the places I've been so far. He's like, well, look, all those places are fucking cheesecake factory, this motherfucker. I'm like, okay. He's like, so here. He goes, if you want to take this advice, you take this advice. I'm not going to bullshit with you, though. He goes, you're going to get to Mineral Wells. They're going to fucking give you all your shit you need. They're going to take you. Because, like I said, this used to be an old Air Force base. So the barracks are our fucking units. The barracks are three-story high. They each house about 200 guys. And it's on a piece of property. It's probably like six, seven acres in the middle of fucking nowhere. Other it be Mirror Wells, but whatever. He's like, when you get to your room, he goes, I'm not shitting you, man. You'll, they'll sign you a bunk. You'll leave. Within 10, 15 minutes of you being in that building, there's going to be some white guy that wants to chop it up with you. That's what he's going to say. He's like, hey, can we chop it up real quick? What doesn't happen right then is, he goes, bro, you, he's like, you're going to get in a fight. You just need to realize that. They're going to test you off the grip because they're going to put you in a class of whether you're a bitch or not. Straight up. I was like, all right. So he's like, if I was you, when you see that fool come in your room, he's like, i throw your bag down and be like, what the fuck's up, dog? So anyways, walking up, classic prison stuff. Fresh fish, all that motherfuckers yelling. You see dudes recognize other dudes like, damn dog, you just got out. Like there was a guy 
that was released from that unit six months ago. He's back in that hoe. He's like, oh, these streets couldn't hold me, dog. And all out there, like, throwing up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, bl- damn blood, damn creep you back here. Yeah. So, uh, you got a lot of white guys talking about, um, this is Peckerwood Heaven. Which at first, yeah. So at first, I didn't really understand what it was. Peckerwood is a racial term from the twenties that black people used to use to describe. Oh no, I know what the term okay. is. Okay, I just didn't white know. people. Yeah, I just didn't yeah. know. Poor white folks, though. Let's not be on. I'm not gonna say it in the whole group, but usually in the South during that time, mm-hmm. if you're a poor white folk, a black person could refer to you as a pecker peckerwood. So peckerwood, so <laughs> within prison terms. Yes, is the only gang. That isn't actually a gang. It sounds weird. So essentially it's like this. The whole segregated system, there's all white people. But within the white people, there's Aryan Brotherhood, there's Aryan Circle, and there's Peckwoods. The Peckwoods had the bigger majority of the number. So by that fact, off because I've learned politics being in fucking mineral wells. So Peckwoods essentially were just, look... We look out for each other because in numbers, we can have the most protection. All we ever ask of you is that essentially you just got to fight when they want you to. Mm-hmm. If you got to fight, you're ready to roll. It's if we're going to fight, we're going to fight in mass. Yeah. Know, regardless of you know, whether you're Brotherhood or Circle. Yes. But Brotherhood Circle had no say in what Peckwoods would do. Sure, because they're not Cause, on yeah. the majority. Yes. You know, the and they know that, yeah. Yeah. But... Also, you can never let anybody call you a bitch or a hoe. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. God, that's got to be rough, though. Well, yeah. Well, here's my thing is. Because, like, you could even say, I mean, I, I like, obviously. I've been no, there, there's, but, but there's, then there's a smaller group of people in every race mm-hmm. that are what they call them. They call them solos. So, they don't want to claim anything. Those are the guys that get, like, they're really fucked. Up. You hear the fucked up stories about. Like, they get fucking uh, blackmailed and extorted by fucking people. Because there's like one white dude in there. He fucked up. And he just told one guy where his grand, his parents lived. Well, guess what? His parents, his grandparents, they live in the richest fucking neighborhood in West Houston. And this motherfucker who heard that is from Houston. And he tells everybody, this cat's got money. And dude, this guy has his parents sending him fucking money. And he's giving these people fucking commissary so he doesn't get his ass beat. And then there's guys in there that don't want to do that, and they fight a lot more. So I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck. So what do I do? Here's the thing. I would, A, I don't believe in anything the Aryan Brotherhood, Aryan Serp guys would say. Like, it's all this bullshit. You're fucking Nazis. Let's just get that shit across. But I'll say this. I don't understand why you would join that shit because every place I went to is what they call a transfer unit. You know what I mean? But if you really had to do, let's say, more than two years, they essentially say your first year and a half, two years, you could just be getting bounced around like I was doing, right? But if you're doing more than two years, after your two years, you hit what they call an ID unit. That's where you're doing your time at. There's rock and roll units that are like that. So, if you were to say, all right, I'm going to join the Aaron Brotherhood. A, you're a prospect for two years. Whatever they want you to do, you have to do it. There's no like, huh, I really don't want to. Do it. But on top of that, you're literally signing a contract that says even after you get out of jail, like if you get out of jail and there's somebody's like, oh, this dude lives right down the street from me and we're in the same clique, 
these cats come knock on my door and be like, we're going to have to go do some work. Bro, you could be out of prison four or five years. You're like, dog, I don't do that shit anymore. You don't have a say in that. So I'm like, A, I don't even agree with y'all's ideology. B, that sounds like a shittier deal in probation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, whatever. Get in there. They're like, hey, we want to talk to y'all. Walk in this room. I was like, so who's this motherfucker I'm fighting? They're like, oh, damn, you're quick to it. And I was like, I just say, let's get it over with. I'm kind of tired. I want to lay down. And so like, all right. So like, you're not, cl- you're, like, you're not claiming nobody? I was like, I guess I'll jump in this wood pile just so I don't have to fuck with nobody. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm always down to fucking clown if the money's right. Because that's what I used to do. When I was in the wood pile, I would fight for cigarettes, for weed, for anything, dude. But if they ever need some muscle, like, I was one of those guys. Like, oh, you want to go fight somebody? Like, let's roll. <laughs> so I had to do this heart check. It's me against two guys for 45 seconds. I will tell you this right now. <laughs> 45 seconds is a long time when you're fighting, let alone fighting two different people. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, I mean like, so the fight lasts for 45 Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and it was, it's like so fucking structured there. So there's a guy there with a stopwatch. This is the first thing. That's for the four, he's the timekeeper. If you fall on the ground, they won't, they won't pounce on you. They stop the clock, let you get back on your feet, and you keep going. Mm-hmm. So boom, I do that one. Knock it out, blah, blah. Real easy thing. Kind of hang around for like first couple weeks, just kind of like filling out everybody. But this place, it's a lot more open. Like this is one that like, because now you're in a unit to where they just let you walk almost anywhere. <coughs> my blood brother, my brother Ryan was actually on the north side of the unit. I was on the south side. So I'd actually try. I'd sometimes, you shouldn't do this. I would break the rule and go across that line and go visit them. But whatever. Hey, you're in prison. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, you, know, you, <laughs> like, you know, that was my whole mentality. Like, what are you going to fucking do? Yeah. But um, then at one point, they're like, look, man, they wanted to, uh, yeah, I probably got into, I got into another heart check with the wood pile because there was some young kid there. It was like, I mean, dude, he was, he was a gullible crash dummy who was kind of a racist. He was like, I was like, bro, it's like all this shit y'all say that somebody's got to be, I was like, I don't, I was like, I've already known that shit. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I didn't have a daddy that ran away. You know what I mean? Like my dad taught me how to be a fucking man. So all this shit y'all are saying, I've been hearing it since I was five years old. So I was like, I don't really understand all this shit y'all are talking about. Like, all this shit you're trying to feed these younger, dumb motherfuckers, I ain't listening. Well, the higher-ups, they hear that, and that's the difference. They want to know who's the gullible crash test dummy, who are the actual smart guys. Because then that declare if out of those two things, that declares what role you could be in. So I'm like, look, man, I'm not here for all this bullshit. But guess what? You want to give me a couple of free cigarettes for once in a while? I'll fight some motherfucker. I don't care. Boom. Always. I won't get into the prison right. That takes too long. Yeah. But because of the prison right, they were going to put the unit on lockdown. The warden came and met with the speaker of the fucking woodpile. And we set the fucking dictation, and she kicked all those guys out. So then in my mind, I was like, we run this bitch. Like, there ain't no getting around it. Like, jail, every prison cell in, say, Texas is essentially like that. Maybe every once in a while there's a fucking 
actual warden that probably holds fucking guard over shit, but for the most part, those private prisons are fucking corrupt. There was one dude in there. He was a sergeant. He was about two years younger than me. Two years older than me. Small town. Him and a wife. Three kids. He's making eleven seventy-five an hour. We tell him, we'll give you 50 bucks every time you sneak in a fucking can of dip or a pack of cigarettes. And he did. Hands down. No lie. No, I got you. So, I mean, yeah, no, uh, I did most of the time there. You did most of your time there, so you joined, you know, the Pecker, which is this non... Yeah, essentially, it was non, like, once you it's leave... It's like a non-denomination yes. for, for the racial group. It's yes. Like you don't have to pick... Because it's still segregated. You don't have to pick an ideology, yeah. but just know that... If, if you, you ever get called, down, if something ever gets called upon, you yeah. see another guy getting beat up. Now, how many gays were there oh, man. during your time? Because, like, you know, obviously it's segregated by race. Yes, it's segregated by race, so and then you get into races. Whites. So the whites blacks, have like yes, Hispanics. yes, and then I don't know like yeah. some of the uh, Hispanics. Is it broken off to religion? Because I know they're, they're <clears throat> you know. With eh, not really. Because like with the blacks, the two big things you have with the well, actually, and that unit, there's three gangs: Bloods, Crips. And then there is a faction of black prison gang called Gangster Disciples. And there was like four or five of those guys in there. But that's a gang that's like nationwide big. So even though they were a small number, like they had some pool with like helping out other people and other units like that. Like, like oh yeah, I sent a letter to my homeboy right now. But these guys or dudes are doing a lot more time. Within the Hispanics, you have, and that was the thing with Hispanics. Instead, Texas, there's, like, we have Houston, like Houston, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing I didn't realize I got there. Houston is a collective, like, of a bigger group. So in the state of Texas, that prison gang called Tongo Blasting. So Tongo Blasting was Houston, Dallas, which Dallas was cut in Dallas-Fort Worth, but it was mainly Dallas. Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. And then there was a small group that technically wasn't TB, but they were from the valley, so essentially all these little prison gangs were like local neighborhood guys. Mm -hmm. So that's how they cut. Now, essentially, if shit comes down to it, the TVs are all supposed to group together. That's not the case. <laughs> Austin, Dallas, Houston never got along with, with San Antonio. So the smaller group of the valley. Why? Because it's it's... Those Mexicans don't like those Mexicans. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's like... I mean, that's it like, seems like such a trivial thing. Yes. But the San Antonio guys were more pride, like more community based. Where if any time some other Tongo blast from like another city was like, you shouldn't be doing this. They're like, dog, I'll do what the fuck I want. And then all the San Antonio cats are always on their back. So it's like, well, fuck it, they're their own thing. Those are the dudes we smashed out the motherfucker. When I got into that prison riot, yeah. it was with the San Antonio guys. So essentially, one of the Tongo blast guys that helped us was a dude from Austin. He's like, technically, I can't help you. But he's holding the door so they can't get out so we can beat him up. I can't help you. <laughs> Technically, I'm not But, here. yeah, but, like, as a group of our numbers, we were the biggest. So, like, how we How big was the prison population? And how big would you say was um, the population? The population of that place had to have been around... Count some numbers in my head. 
2,800, maybe 3,000. Wow. I'd say the pecker was there easily half. Wow. Like easily half. Wow. And so it's like, then it's like, that's not my choice though. Like, they're sending people here. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that even then, like, like the way their system yeah. works, like, there's people getting moved up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, like that place right before it went under the reason TDC lost that unit was when that guy was there that talked to me originally I was talking about. Well, when he was there in those late nineties, early two thousands, it was, a, it was still a TDC unit and it was a that a, a, a full blown riot pulled out to where they were busting windows out. They had to call in the national guard. Oh my God. That place was on lockdown for fucking like two months. But they fucking essentially ran a prison riot for about a week straight. That's why the government had to call the National Guard like shit. What was the riot? Do you remember what he told you the riot was about? Or they didn't ever say. They just like one day they were just like they they and they pass out the word like that. They're like it's going down today. Do it the fuck you want. We rioted. Hell, we broke into the commissary. I was eating ice cream, dog. <laughs> I was eating fucking bluebell like shit out here like living our best life. Living my best life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was there too, though, one of our guys was a local dude. He was smuggling. He was getting the smuggle drug game going on. I got a free pack of cigarettes for catching Nerf balls. Because what he was doing is his homeboy would go into the woods outside the prison, and they would fucking use a water balloon launcher and launch Nerf footballs over the fence. And we'd all be out there. See one coming? You run, you catch it, and then you run her out, and you pass it off. So even if the guard saw you catch the ball, by the time they caught you, it's already passed hands five different times. Yeah. You ripped the Nerf ball open. Weed, fake bait, cigarettes, hardcore heroin, like all this shit's in there. Did, was it one of those footballs that made the sound? Because, you know, back in the day, it was like... No, they, no. They're, like, they're like, you can't use those. They've already, like, tested that series. They've already tested that problem out. Like, you can't do the whistle one. Oh, yeah. Hear that bitch coming. Because, yeah, it was like, because, like, at nighttime out there, by the time, it, it, got, it, got so, it gets so dark out there because you're out in the middle of nowhere. So, like, once it's nighttime, if you're not around, like, artificial lighting, it's pitch black. So they made the ones that, you know, could light and could whistle. So I'm just imagining never, Oh, yeah. Like, I'd love to see glow in the dark uh, one, dude. <laughs> yeah. I like see when it. When it spins, spins you're like, yo, we got firecrackers out there? Oh, shit. <laughs> I got a pack of cigarettes for that. Oh my god! <sighs> now what was uh you know so are you running? I'm trying to figure out how to phrase. It. Are you running? Because yes, everything is segregated, but you know, money's universal. Business yeah. is universal. No, yeah. So are you running for the entire prison, like you know, take? No, no. So essentially, our dude had the connect. And the know-how of the people locally to do this shit. So, and here's the thing too is, but once it gets there's cell phones. Like I'm in there, like I'm in there when there's cell phones in that bitch. Like, like there's shitty fucking burner phones, but there's phones in that bitch. I called my homeboy a bunch of times. Like, where like I can tell him whatever I want. Um. Now they're more rampant, but when I was locked up, I never heard of these prepaid prepaid credit cards you buy at Walmart called green dots so if one of the mexican dudes won some of the cigarettes that we were bringing in mm -hmm. right and he's like all right i want five packs of smokes fifty dollars a pack 
All right, cool. $50? Yeah, because what they do is they take a pack. Like, I see a dude take a regular cigarette like this, break all the tobacco out, and they would roll what we call three joints. Like, prison joints. They roll three of them out of this one. So when you roll one of those ones, that's a $5 cigarette. Now, all the work I did was just get a whole cigarette. I was like, that's all I want, dude. Like, I'll fight somebody for one of these. So it was that. So the money opportunities there. Because even at one point, like when I was there, my homeboy was trying, like he was about to fucking get me a fucking cell phone in that bitch. Because if you get a cell phone, people are paying you $5 for three minutes. Because then, here's a catch on that though. It's <laughs> a big fucking, big thing you get caught with it. They had him hidden in the walls though, dude. Like, yeah, but anyways... But that one guy who was local, he overall did 12 years. He was about to leave. He got into the green dot fucking thing midway through his sentence. So, like, in the five and a half years he was doing that shit, he's like, I'm going to go home with $18,000 on a prepaid debit card. Wow. So, I mean, like, the the business booming in prison like that, that's what it is, though. The segregation all comes down to the dollar. But everything else is politics in that point. So the woodpile can call the shots because we have the connects to get shit in there. But then we're making all the friendships with the hookups. But then that's all that happens is I, this dude doesn't have a card in his hand. He calls his baby mama. She tells him the 16 digits on the fucking back of the card. Tells homeboy. Homeboy's on another phone with his partner. And they do it on the internet. Like there's on the website. Okay, I want to transfer... $300 from this green dot card to that green dot card. And then, okay, yeah, it's got verified. Okay, all right, give him a shit. Good doing business with you. Just like that. I sat in the room and saw that happen one time on some weed. I was like, just like that? <laughs> like, it was like, it was so like, I thought it was like, oh, I thought it'd be more. Like, and, and they're not trying to regulate it as much? I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's like, clearly, like, we've established in TBC. They leave no stone unturned. But in private prison... They just don't give a fuck, dude. You were yeah, I think so. Pretty much. The less they got to deal with us, the fucking better, I think. Wow. Yeah, and then there's one rule. You couldn't jerk off. I don't. Well, no, no. You couldn't get caught by a guard jerking off. Because, you know, there's a thing where, like, guys would like to jerk off on some of the female guards. <laughs> that sounds so awful. It is. It really is. Um, I was one of those guys, though. Oh, but that's no. because I met a female guard, dude. Like, she was like, I mean, there's chicks that work there. Uh, like, they're into this shit, bro. Like, my homeboy, who did some time at Pam Lynch from Zero, he got into a relationship with the fucking prison guard. When he got out, he's still banging this bitch. Now, she was older. She was putting J's on his feet. <laughs> 